Adult content intended for an adult audience only. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. Breaking Miss Brooks by Rusty Zipper Woe is me. I'm a whore. Now you know the end of my story. It's evident I took you off guard, but then again, your incessant hunger for perverse material has contributed to making this my reality. You knew how this yarn concluded before being told. By your inquisitive look you have questions. You want to know how a prim and proper lady, a pillar of the community, a teacher loved and cherished by her students was degenerated into a nasty slut. Uh, That's a silly introduction. My story is supposed to redeem me, not bury me deeper in the hole. Listening to me blabber out erotic smut is your kink, not mine. Telling my horrid account as if you don't already know it, well, frankly, it's foolish. Yeah, teacher degradation is a desirable theme because we've all been students driven by that hormonal pipe dream. Sexualizing an authority figure that influences our lives at that moment is a turn-on for some of us. It's a fantasy for a reason and acting upon that idea behind a closed door is entirely proper. Visualizing that person in the most perverse position imaginable arouses us. Absolutely normal. As the sex object of this tale, I encourage it. However, forcing me to narrate my own degradation, well, it changes the dynamic. I detest reliving these lurid details over and over, yet each time I express myself, I find it therapeutic. I beg you, if I'm to repeat the same story once again, you must allow me to embellish it and give myself a flare of unwillingness. The truth is too tedious and damning by itself. Allow me to give it the color and flavor it deserves. Reality bores you and it's my job to change that. This time I promise a story of disgrace meant to get you off and I'll work hard to fulfill that bargain but allow leniency and patience while I warm you up to it. If I were to articulate my flamboyant saga, would it suffice to satisfy your sexual appetite? After all, it's not like I have a choice in the matter. Your controlling eyes coerce me to speak foul pleasures. The longer I engage you, the raunchier my story becomes. You've come to expect it. Bah, here's the intro before the warm-up I'll start where I left off. When my behavior was revealed to the community, I became a pariah. Of course, remaining in my position as an educator was intolerable for parents, and I had no choice but to resign. With my career in ruins, my options for a livelihood became nil. What does a woman do when they have no legitimate means of income? Yes, I erred by crossing an unforgivable line. I accept my guilt in it but know this, I don't regret my wicked actions. I saw my deed as a service to the community, and I'm not ashamed of it. I made one ghastly blunder and got caught in the act. Sure, my actions were inappropriate when viewed under a microscope, but not so demonstrably heinous as to deserve my fate. To plagiarize, woe is me. Miss Brooks takes the pill. My students once called me Miss Brooks with respect and politeness. Now they demean me with jeers and humiliate me disgraceful titles. I am a woman scorned that smiles at their disdain because I'm a metaphor matching all their names. I'm a missus but I've been divorced for a few years. 
Long story short, my bastard ex-husband left me for a younger woman. Yeah, the typical sleazeball of a man. The husband stealing bitch is a bimbo, and I'll leave it there. Fortunately, we never conceived children and weren't rich by any measure, so our separation was clean and practically immediate. At the age of forty with either a kid nor a companion to share my life, I became forlorn and desperate to find a human connection. I'm not an expert of the heart, but I must state from experience when you reach the bottom and feel anguish and despair, the most atrocious mistake a woman could make is to seek love in a bar. You think to be a high school teacher I'd be smart enough to know that, but I did mention I was despairingly lonely. Okay, I was fucking stupid. My only excuse is that I was so miserable and isolated that I wasn't thinking straight at the time. As explained, those deplorable attributes can frazzle a despondent soul and drive them to make impetuous decisions. Being human, I wasn't immune to making judgments that would alter the course of my dismal life. More on this later. First, I'm not an attractive woman, but I'm not entirely ugly either. Envision me as a typical schoolteacher, both drab and uninteresting, a normal woman unnoticed in the populace of many. I spent my entire career directing eyes to the chalkboard and not on my appearance. After all, it was my job to teach and not the other. This tit-for-tat scenario was disregarded until the day I found my dreary existence intolerable. Yeah, I basically said screw it. Puritanical dress and a gloomy hag facade gave me nothing but an empty house and a broken heart. It was time for a change. So, the evening in question, I became determined to dally myself up with the intent to garner the eye of a prospective mate. After dropping my curly caramel-tinted hair past my shoulders and fluffing it up with hairspray like a candy striper from an 80s TV show, I stared at the strumpet in the mirror. Even I got moist from the alluring reflection staring back at me. I upturned the flat crimp of my ruby-colored lips and gave myself a broad smile. Staring at my breasts and protuberant nipples gave me a wicked thought. I dropped my undergarments to the floor. The idea of teasing men with glimpses of my naughty bits seemed logical to me. In truth, it was my first momentous lapse in judgment among many that night. After tossing my modesty back in the drawer, I clinched my sexy red dress off the dresser and kneaded the silky material in my hand. A woman determined to attract a mate wearing a provocative tight-fitting dress while naked underneath never contemplates the repercussions. I was so desperate that I didn't flinch at the idea. Attiring myself in that swanky sleek dress gave me the appearance of a high-priced call girl. My large boobs and their associated nubs displayed outward like a siren's call identifying me as a promiscuous woman ready to spread herself in an instant. Honestly, that wasn't my intent, but that was the impression given. Yeah, this was mistake number two. Oh yes, as previously discussed, my dreadful blunder number three. I drove to a nightclub. What you expected me to drive to a shoddy honky-tonk with unshaven men with beer guts? What kind of women does that? The men there are either unhappily married, down on their luck, or looking for a one-night stand. I wasn't seeking to add to my misery. However, I still made a dreadful mistake. The club I selected wasn't one housing mature adults, but I felt compelled to go there for some reason. I was naive. I was a cloistered woman spending my entire life focused on education and righteous endeavors. My character prohibited me from youthful exploration into juvenile acts of defiance. 
As such, how could I have known that all the grown-up men my age went to sports and country music bars? There I was, a forty-year-old woman standing in a crowd of jabbering teenagers and adult delinquents no older than twenty-five. The bulk of my competition were young bimbo tarts wearing short skirts with little to no undergarments. My moment of epiphany I melded in perfectly with these skanks and yeah, it was then that I realized it. That devastating reveal of mental synergy motivated the thought that dashing out the door was my best possible choice. Stupid mistake number four, I refused to listen to the inner voice deploring me to exit. I admit I was spellbound and tingling. I stood among the rambling crowd of young men barely older than the students I taught and glared at them with apt attention. It was then that I was stimulated by an irremediable fantasy. The taboo of my thoughts was so profane for a woman in my profession that it aroused me. Ogling a baby-faced man in his early twenties that bumped into me, well, it placed me in a dreaming stupor. Those imaginative thoughts provoked an abundance of What if? Questions. Those uncertainties became irresolvable queries provoking me to jitter in place while biting my lower lip. Perhaps the crimping of the flesh between my teeth was my subconscious trying to slap me back to reality. If so, again I didn't listen. Being an older woman buttressed among the flesh of curvy feline trollops that didn't require push-up bras placed me at a disadvantage. I was out of my league and I knew it. Frustrated and depressed by that revelation, I once again ignored the inner voice that screamed at me to retreat. I needed a drink to calm my nerves. Oh, you guessed it. I have a character flaw. It's not an excuse, but I asked you to imagine yourself surrounded all day by groups of annoying high school seniors. I habitually imbibed alcohol to unwind. Well, I do occasionally consume more than appropriate at times. Yeah, you're a smart cookie for assuming this to be a pivotal moment, but you'd be wrong. However, I will identify this as error number five. Becoming inebriated did ultimately lead to my grand demise. I sat on a stool at the bar and ordered shots. There I was, a cougar surrounded by cubs while sitting and sipping alcohol. Listening to the beat, my head bobbed to the rhythm. I was frowning and depressed. Of course, being drunk came with perks. I became less inhibited and freely looked about. I began gawking at young men with ambitious eyes as they passed me by. I sought that one connective glare to soften my composure. The only thing I got was quick peeks from prospective possibilities that ended with a turn of their head. They ignored me as if I was a mom chaperoning a party. That was a dreadful feeling that only encouraged me to drink more. Then this happened. Two giggling teenage girls shouldered me for attention, and one of them popped a pill in my mouth. She said, Swallow it. Molly will make you smile. Well, what does an intoxicated sad woman do when a stranger tosses a foreign substance into their oral cavity? The quick answer, something incredibly foolish. I gobbled it down with a chaser without questioning who they were referring to. Little did I know, the horrific concoction named Molly was an unusual recreational drug, and it just went down my throat. I'll state up front, Molly is a vindictive bitch, and she was determined to fuck my world up. Inebriated and influenced by ecstasy or some other crazy combo shit, the dramatic shift of my life pivoted from here. If I'd been sober and known how it would affect me, I would have hurriedly spat that pill out and darted to the exit while hysterically screaming. Instead, you guessed it, I happily giggled as the two girls had just done. 
I swiveled around on the barstool a few times and used my hands as a brake. Smiling seductively at the handsome bartender, I tapped my glass for a refill. A halo of light radiated around his head like a portrait of Jesus. He scrutinized me with puppy eyes and said, Lady, you've had enough. Go dance it off or something. I was happy, not angry. I suddenly felt an urge to dance it off or something. I immediately stood and turned from him to glare at the packed dance floor. I slurred, What the fuck? Before the crowd liquefied into hues of pretty colors that blurred into a sloshy entanglement that twisted like a slow-moving seesaw. I found my surreal predicament funny, so I laughed. I also moved to the dance floor as the bartender suggested and danced wildly to the music. Bouncing up and down to free the gravitational tug on my knockers was an effective method to grab the eye of every man and perhaps, seductively gyrating to the percussive rhythm played a small part also. The mass of swirling tints reformed into people that were separating to the edge of the dance floor to make room for me to prance about, and of course, like any inebriated woman high on drugs, I had to make an impression. Molly was in control and she was determined to make a fool of me. As I danced, my alcohol-induced fog evaporated. I felt altered as if my consciousness had just split. My inner voice screamed, but my physical form ignored it. The outer woman, yeah, still me, began dancing like a stripper simply because strutting about like a slut garnered attention. More people began clustering among the others to ogle me with fixation. Their admirable gazes and belittling cries had me sweating and flushed with excitement. Their words compelled me to put on a naughty show. I began swaying and teasing the crowd with suggestive motions so lurid that women dropped their mouths and expressed embarrassment for me. Yeah, the ditzy girls that plopped that pill in my mouth were correct. I was extremely happy but I wasn't the one feeling the joy. The dancing slut was experiencing that emotion. In my rational mind, I was the fucking passenger forced to record to memory every demeaning event. She was experiencing exuberance while I cried from anguish. I was practically having an argument with myself. She laughed in response to my discordant composure and ignored my incessant demands to cease her deplorable actions. The men began shouting, Take it off! Well, as stated, the bitch was driving the caboose. Against my wishes, she willingly complied with every verbal command regardless of impropriety. Surrounded by sordid eyes and jeering chants, I pranced about the dance floor clasping the bottom hem of my dress. Stopping to sway with the music, I teased the young men with a tawdry smile meant to imply that I was about to reveal my robust charms and precious attributes. I behaved as any temptress would. I gradually raised the edge of my tight dress to give them a glimpse of the dark triangular patch underneath before going full whore. To my relief, three gentlemen rushed to my side to impede my humiliating display. Two of the young men hastily grabbed my arms and the third snatched the front of my dress to cover my partially exposed shame. Befuddled by my rescuer's intervention, I watched Ron, one of my former students, I, yeah, if I'm playing the teacher, it's essential to include a handsome muscle jock in my story. Additionally, this kid has a flair of nobility that was needed at this specific moment. After the gorgeous young man dropped the front hem of my dress, he quickly turned from me to shove people to either side to make room for our exit. Concurrent with that action, he rasped to his pals, Follow me. We need to get Miss Brooks out of here before these assholes have her squatting over beer bottles. Of course, 
The happy slut I'd become refused to budge. The bitch was too joyful. I still felt compelled to strip naked and dance about like a woodland nymph gorged on magic mushrooms. Jeremy, another former student, the skinny loser nerdette, including him in my story was your damn idea. It's your sick joke intended to demean and disgust me, arg, now I'm stuck with the annoying twerp. Anyway, this kid was a student that always raised his hand in class with arrogant answers that were usually incorrect. Book smart didn't necessarily transpose over to his test scores, which was why I failed him. My decision ultimately led to him being retained another year. Thankfully, he didn't appear to hold a grudge. Jeremy said, What's wrong with her? She's not moving. I am also reluctant to point out that the nerd really exists, Enough said. Ron stopped in place and tilted to look back. I watched him raise his brow and nod his head, followed by him saying, Miss Brooks, you need to walk your butt out of here. We're taking you home before you do something regretful. There are moments when a revelation produces terror. It was this instant that my rational mind determined that I was reacting to verbal commands like a robot. The question, what could possibly go wrong, was now a horrifying inquiry that haunted me. With two men on each side urging me onward, my legs began walking forward on their own volition. Of course, I screamed. My lips did move, however. I astonishingly mumbled. Yes. Instead, ah, I couldn't stop saying it. Alice doesn't hold the candle to the proverbial hole I found myself in. I prayed I'd taken the wrong pill, and this was just a horrible simulation. I hoped I'd awake to a nightmare and wipe sweat from my brow when the horror got real. To my dismay, it's only a dream, would never be spoken. Tyron, the pair's darker-skinned sidekick. Up front, I'm Caucasian, but I'm not a racist well. Admittingly, everyone has a bias, even me, but I assure you I'm not bigoted anymore, not after. Anyway, I've been told it's the norm for the gangly white use of today to have at least one of his persuasion as a friend ah, or vice versa. Colloquially, Jumping the cart before the horse will be avoided going forward. I'm just saying, eh, Tyron is gifted, not stereotyping, you know. All stories require an antagonist to drop the protagonist into a mess. In my case, a sloppy cesspool of nastiness defines it better. This time around, the black guy is the bad guy. As such, I'm providing a forewarning. He's filthy-minded, obnoxiously candid, and manipulative. If you get squeamish over a woman being utterly used, I beseech you to cover your ears my debaucherous plunge begins now. Tyron exclaimed. Teach is tripping. Followed by sinister laughter. Disturbed by my strange behavior, Jeremy paid little attention to Tyron. Instead, he said, Miss Brooks, you're annoying the heck out me. Please shut up. Gratefully, my series of one-word phrases stopped. Whether I existed in a psychedelic drug-induced freak show or my mental facilities had been reduced to the level of a primordial joke, my vocabulary now consisted of only one word. Oh, hell yeah, I shrieked. And of course, like before, I produced happy giggles. As we reached Ron's sedan, he said, Guys, she's too flighty. I fear she might accidentally open the door and fall out. Put her in the back seat and sit beside her to keep her calm. I know where she lives, I'll drive. There I was seated between Jeremy and Tyran while staring into the rearview mirror at my reflection. When the image grinned back at me, I felt a creepy chill. Well, I experienced something.
the car lurched forward towards my home. I had three minutes of quiet contemplation before Tyran enacted his demented plan. He turned on the canopy overhead light to appraise me like a barnyard animal. I was too giddy to comprehend the mischievous intent behind that gaze. In the dim glare, Tyran suddenly gave me a malicious grin that gleamed whitely against the backdrop of his dark skin. He then said, Guys, do you know why Teach is dressed like a slut and flaunting herself in a club frequented by teens? It's because she's horny and seeking to score a young dick. If I wasn't so ditzy, I would have slapped him for saying something so disparaging. That wasn't my reason. From naivety and stupidity, I had simply made a dreadful mistake. However, admittedly there was a mediocre of truth that made my rational self cringe at his words. Outwardly, my joyful self sheepishly smiled and tilted her head down to stare at her feet. Of course, Ron and Jeremy, being considerate young men, never questioned my condition as being anything more than an inebriated woman behaving foolishly that required rescuing from a bad situation. To them, I was Miss Brooks, their former teacher, a respected citizen, a righteous woman with a moral compass. Their characterization of me ended that instant. Hearing Jeremy's heavy breaths motivated me to look at him. He was eyeing my robust bosom swelling tightly against the fabric of my sheer red dress that I watched him impulsively lick his lip as his gaze narrowed on the conical tips of my nipples like they symbolized confirmation of my promiscuity. Requiring further evidence, I heard him ecstatically say, Is that true, Miss Brooks? Of course, with my vocabulary being reduced to a lexicon consisting of one word and me feeling exuberant, I eagerly replied, Yes, louder than expected and then unwisely validated that response by chuckling. Truly, I really was shrieking. No, they simply couldn't hear it. Ron's chivalrous persona had also evaporated. I observed his brutish eyes lustfully staring at me from the rearview mirror. He then said, Shit, I never thought Miss Brooks was A. It all makes sense now. Tyron added, Bro, told ya, Miss Slutty wants it bad. Teach, do you want to party with us? Seriously, I wasn't a bimbo capable of expressing only one emotion. I could still react to shock. And my mouth dropped open. It was evident to me that Tyron had just placed me in an inescapable position. He seemed aware of my condition and was manipulating me into accepting every deplorable act. He had systematically dehumanized my status to that of a piece of meat requiring tenderizing and drew his friends into culpability using my own words against me. I was compelled to respond to his question. I had no choice. I stuttered out. Why, ye, yes. I admit, for a fleeting instant, the idea did stimulate me. Legally, they were adults. With consent, this wasn't necessarily an issue. However, mentally the idea of having sex with boys barely considered men did present a problem for me. By classification, 19-year-olds are still teenagers. Not only was I old enough to be their mother, but I was also their former teacher which thickens the line of conduct involving ethics and morality that a person in my position must never cross. Unfortunately, in my present state, I was coerced to broad leap that horrid line in one bound. Eh, yeah, I must add, against my rational self's will, you know, the one unable to express herself in this matter. And of course, Tyron observed my hesitant response as me mentally debating myself on those principles just discussed. He wasn't going to allow me to reflect on my thoughts long enough to allow my rational self to gain control. 
He did something that would keep me disoriented and was impossible to come back from. Tyron said, Show us your boobs. Understand, I wasn't a robot, nor did I move like one. That would be awfully silly. My actions were naturally smooth as if by choice. Truly, I was free to do whatever I wanted. I simply acted upon command as if it was my own idea to do so. As you'd expect, I was unhesitant in my task to do what I was told. I hooked my thumbs under the neckline of my dress and stretched the fabric down and around my ample flesh. With my knockers bared, I cupped them in my hands and raised them up to flaunt them. Ron quipped, Oh fuck, as the car radically swerved to the left with the side wheels thumping the shoulder. Tyron yelled, Stay on the damn road. Have you never seen cougar boobs before? It's not that. It's the fact that they belong to Miss Brooks. Yeah, she's a hot left with AT for teacher. Well, if you intend to tap her hole, get us there in one piece. How much further? Not far, Ron grumbled. Contrary to Ron's experiences, I suspected that Jeremy had never seen a woman expose her breasts except in lurid pictures of women printed on paper or displayed electronically on a screen. Hearing nothing from him, I was coerced by curiosity to look. Jeremy was ogling my memories. Wide-eyed and mute with an open mouth. A skinny teenager staring at my naked flesh wasn't the image I wanted vaulted to memory. His expression was unnerving and made me feel dirty like I was a degenerate for exposing myself. Jeremy made eye contact with me and said, Miss Brooks, I'm sorry. Tyran quickly snapped. Quit being polite and calling her Miss Brooks. This ain't no classroom and she ain't your teacher. She's fuck meat, nothing more. If you want a woman nasty, you treat her trashy. Isn't that right, slut? I retorted. Yes and broadened my eyes after I said it that I was astonished by my answer. I had responded to, slut, like it was my name that I in my present state and inwardly distressed. My moniker became blurred and I couldn't remember what it was that I unwarily needed my breasts while pinching my nipples as I contemplated this odd development. Feeling flushed and stimulated by my own action, I then realized I was inappropriately playing with myself like a floozy. The name Slut was an appropriate title for such garish behavior. Logic compelled me to accept the insulting label because it defined such conduct. Tyron engaged Jeremy's dumbfounded expression and inaction by saying, Bro, quit staring at them. Grab those MILF boobies and start slobbering on them. Teachers want it nasty. Isn't that right, Slut? I wasn't following the conversation. I heard the word, Slut phrased as a question and immediately associated it as requiring an answer. Again I replied, Yes, without knowing what I had agreed to. Then again, at this point, did it even matter? Jeremy groped my right breast in one hand while angling himself down to suck its nipple. His other hand began squeezing my other boob as his fingers pilfered my flesh. Eh, let me clarify, the only bosom this kid ever touched was mommy's milk bags at feeding time. The inexperienced young man drooled and slurped on my tit in an icky way. I was confident my countenance was now contorted to express my horror. Peeking at my reflection in the rearview mirror was a mistake. Simply put, I wasn't grimacing. If I'd been in my right mind, I would indeed be hysterically sobbing from humiliation and disgust. Will you buy that? Okay. I was moaning and raising my boob up to feed my damn nipple to the kid. It's deplorable and horrifying. But in my defense, I'm a teacher, it's my job to help, 
Ron exclaimed. Damn it, can't you guys hold off until we get to her house? I'm trying drive and I'm being left out. Tyron chuckled and replied. Bro, we just warming her up to get her box lubed. Seriously, if you want a piece of her primo gash, get with the program. Ron said. I'm on board it's just well, she's not herself. This doesn't seem right somehow. What the fuck, are you trying to ruin this? Trust me, once she wraps her lips around your stick, you'll even out. But this is Miss Brooks we know her. And the woman is horny and wants to party with us. Didn't we promise the virgin we'd get him laid? Who better to take his cherry than the teacher that set him back a grade? Relax, it's consensual, she agreed to entertain us. Of course, Jeremy's slobbering mouth discombobulated my thoughts and I didn't fathom their exchange of words. Tyron said, Jeremy, stop sucking her tit. Sit back and pull your dick out of your pants. I heard that loud and clear dot my eyes popped open and locked on the nerdy kid as he weaseled his rigid penis out from his open zipper dot I panted as his prick popped up into view and fixed my gaze on his wobbling member unsure whether to shriek or laugh. Tyron seized my hand and brushed it up against Jeremy's hard dick dot I instinctively clasped the gland in my grip like it was the natural thing to do. See Jeremy, the slut wants to touch it. No I didn't, but I felt obligated to do so. Feeling the young man's rod throbbing in my hand well, let's just say, I was conflicted, although I outwardly cooed with delight. I made a mental effort to regain my senses with the intent to express distaste with the deplorable task, slacking my grip. I was on the cusp of removing my hand, and then, Tyron whispered in my ear, jerk his cock. Nice and slow. My right hand began leisurely pumping the kid's shaft. I was on the verge of emitting a horrific scream. My lips parted, my tongue lolled to the corner of my mouth as I concentrated on my unhurried jerking effort. This impulsive action often occurred when I was engrossed in scoring students' grades. I do admit, when a driblet of precum formed at the tip, I broadened my eyes even more. I had an innate surge of excitement over the possibility the kid might ejaculate, thus ending this demoralizing endeavor with my hand crimping his shaft in a gentle embrace. I gingerly slithered my hand upward to round the spongy knob with intent to lather my palm with his creamy sludge allowing me to lubricate my downward stroke. I slickened my grasp on his rosy shank and repeated the preceding action like an automaton programmed for giving handjobs. Jeremy became so hard that his member curved. Thus making my dawdling knuckles drag along his abdomen. I was faint watching myself jerk off a teenager. My actions incomprehensible, my reality outlandish. It was too much to bear and I was fracturing under the weight. Each fleshy tap of my hand and each vein pulse of his cock malformed into the emanation of a tick of noise much like that produced by a mechanical clock. Both sight and sound now mesmerized me. Time measured by a moment defined by reality became a vaporous notion to me. Molly, or whatever crazy shit I'd taken, well, let me state— Whoever designed it as a time-release capsule needed to go straight to fucking hell.at this crucial point. While afflicted by this malevolent concoction, my fragile mind was the equivalent to a basswood treasure chest containing precious baubles. It took but a moment for the lid to splinter as the crowbar held in the hands of a delighted devil heaved it open.my priceless trinkets representing my entire being then spewed forth into the clutches of this dreadful fiend. Once marred by his touch— 
He shrilled with laughter each time he plopped a gem and returned it to my box that I became spellbound by an undefinable rush that transfixed my eyes to the bulbous head of Jeremy's cock. My noggin bobbled while watching the fleshy tube turn pretty colors. Concurrent with that ill-timed moment, Tyran whispered in my ear. Teenage cock makes you horny. Said as a statement of fact and not as a question, that one sentence instantly became a torrid gale battering against my psyche. I in my present inharmonious state. I spent a century desperately swatting away salvos of that declaration while screaming. No! 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 Well, in reality, it took but an instant to unravel the sanctity of my mind. It utterly broke me. Given an inopportune moment at the peak of vulnerability, that one proclamation became etched to stone as the mantra that directed my life. Dazed by acceptance, I mumbled. Yes. As arousing tingles began intensifying at my loins, Tyrone pulled his prick from his trousers and then wrapped my left hand around it. Without directive, I began jerking his penis because I desired to please it. After all, experience provides the best education. As a teacher, it was my job to help my students achieve, and in this case, an erection. Keeping two young men hard and urging them to ejaculate seemed proper given my present circumstances. Woozy headed, I cranked Tyron's thick meat in my working hand and found myself enamored by it. Strangely, something about this magnificent dark object stirred me. I was in awe over what I assumed was a monstrous eight or nine inch rocket while contemplating its portended use and how to fuel it. Feeling it pulse in my grip inspired saliva to collect as a pool in my slack jawed mouth, which began drooling over my bottom lip. Then Tyren suddenly snatched the hem of my dress upward. I exhaled one puff of breath and held it. Now imagine the orbs of my widened eyes bulging out from pressure and my already open mouth emitting a silent gasp. Then he drew my left leg over. The top of his. My face reddened. My skin became balmy. I got dizzy and realized I'd suffocate if I didn't exhale. I blew a deep breath and rolled my head to stare at Tyron's face. Trickling slobber from my chin. I gave him a silly smile, but otherwise remained immobile. Well, not exactly true. My arms and hands still ratcheted up and down at a leisurely pace. Tyron then folded my right leg over Jeremy's left knee to widen the space between my thighs that I was a mannequin watching a mischievous kid move my limbs ask you into a lurid pose. Then Tyron demanded, Scoot your cougar ass forward and flaunt that teacher pussy for us. Be raunchy. Like a skanky harlot commanded by a John, I felt no compulsion to resist. Arching my back against the seat, I thrust my butt forwards and bowed my mound up to exhibit my hairy snatch for their goggling eyes. The instruction to be wicked had me slowly gyrating my pelvis in a suggestive manner. Imagine a once-respected teacher with her arms outstretched casually yanking two teenage dicks, her ample breasts bared, her nipples hard her legs splayed wide while undulating her twat with a vulgar intent to impress. Now envision my present circumstance as a momentary glimpse of normalcy repeated daily. This is the moment I say I was terrified and screamed. If you expected that, you'd be wrong. The truth, displaying myself in this provocative manner to former students now stimulated me in an unexpected way. A reminder, I wasn't in control, so don't judge me. Being malformed into a sex toy for young men to molest was your idea. Regardless, the psychological effect that made me previously bubblehead had subsided. I felt invigorated, my thoughts inherently vulgar. I was an uninhibited woman, just awkwardly stranger than before.
with my tainted gems cloistered back in the box and jumbling around like dice in a Yahtzee cup, the fictitious villain had crafted a lid to entrap my righteous self. Now jailed among corruption, the dastardly foe secured it with a combination lock and was twirling the dial back and forth from one digit to the other. If I had been untouched by the taint of desire, I would have been fearful of what wretched person would be expunged once the pins properly aligned and the top was removed with an open mouth and confounded by the onslaught of sensations emanating from a supercharged libido. I pivoted my gaze to the rearview mirror with intent to observe my skanky, new self. Instead, I saw the reflection of Ron's head cocked to the side. His wide-eyed stare was glued to my glory hole with transitory shifts to the road. The very thought that he was ogling my moist swank made my pussy ache. Ron heard me growl and that prompted him to glance at my face. I ran my tongue horizontally between my lips. He gulped and behaved like any young man caught with his hand in a cookie jar. His face flushed from embarrassment, and he quickly returned his eyes to focus on the road ahead. Ron said, Almost there. It can't be soon enough. I get to do her first. Tyron barked, Hell no. The virgin gets her. It's Wiener, average dick, and big cock in that order. The teacher's tight pussy must be messy and stretchy before I fuck her. You mean I get sloppy seconds? Ron snapped. Tyron replied, Bro, chill the fuck down. We're all getting turns. The plan is to screw every orifice until we shoot blanks or can't get it up. Um, this would be the instant I would interject on my behalf and tell them that no one asked for my opinion. Then again, I was a different woman. The idea of having all my girly bits used until dawn did appeal to me now. Tyron then said, Jeremy, wiggle a finger into her hole and tell me if she's wet. Uh, let's just say, to make that determination didn't require a dipstick to my twat. The large blotch matting the bottom part of my dress and the slush seeping between my parted slit was a good indicator of that. But what the heck, I was horny and eager for him to check. My nerve endings were amped and sensitive to any stimulus providing pleasure. I easily felt Jeremy's middle digit plunge in. Even slightly scatterbrained, my mouth pruned up to puff breasts through an oval hole as Jeremy slowly fingerfucked me to bliss. My pelvic gyrations increased along with reverberations of sloshy wet sounds. Jeremy was giddy at touching his first pussy and said, It's buttery and warm. Is it supposed to be this wet? Tyron thrust a finger beside Jeremy's pumping one and then said, Oh yeah, the teacher is primed for fucking. Now visualize a newly minted TLF slut with her arms outstretched frantically jerking two teenage dicks, her ample breasts bared, her nipples hard, her legs splayed wide while she frenziedly gyrated her vagina down on two pumping fingers. Now envision my present circumstance as a momentary glimpse of normalcy repeated daily that I was on the verge of orgasming. Then, Ron drove into my driveway and said, We're here. Tainted Gems Contemplate this one question. Do you realize how unsettling it is to be brought to the brink of ecstasy and then have it snatched away in an instant? Now imagine going months without sex and you're finally having intercourse with your partner. You've reached the peak where the clouds part and the sun shines through and then your six-year-old child knocks on the bedroom door. Suddenly, you remember that you forgot to lock it and then you hear the kid jingling the doorknob. Yeah, it's exactly like that. When the two young men cease to pleasure me and remove their fingers from my snatch, 
I panicked and was desperate to finish. Each time I lunged my hands down to complete what they'd started, Tyron kept tapping them away and chuckling. When I wouldn't quit, he said, Stop touching yourself. It was like walking with your head down and slamming your noggin against the edge of a partially open door that you thought was wide open. His unsettling command left me jittery and confused, incapable of covering myself due to my disconcerted state. Jeremy and Tyron adjusted my dress to conceal my lady bits while waiting for their pricks to deflate to put them back in their pants. There's no need to detail my tumultuous long journey up to the house and my staggering trip dawdling through every room seeking to find my bed. I'll simply flash forward to the bedroom after I discarded my dress. Naked and fidgeting in place, Tyron made me stand at the end of my bed and told me to watch them get undressed. The instant their danglingly genitals appeared, my head throbbed like a resonating speaker with no sound out a moment later. An annoying recapitulated murmur began increasing in volume and clarity with each utterance. The horrid mantra. Teenage cock makes you horny. Rang between my ears. That one dreadful phrase was enough to engage my already hypersensitive libido and supercharge it once again. As such, it transformed me into its eager puppet. And why absurd yearning for teenage cock provoked me to wail. Yes. Desperate for release and with an irrational desire to please, my own vociferous pronouncement dropped me to my knees. Locked in place by Tyren's command to watch, I was incapable of moving from my designated position and my muteness other than a one-word phrase made it difficult for me to bellow out and beg them to me. I began beseeching the three fledglings with dramatic hand movements while crying out the words. Yes, yes, yes. If you assume that I was simply ultra-horny and desperate for gratification, and it was the driving force for my passion, you'd be partially right. In truth, this was the instant my fictitious tainted gem stopped bouncing around and the tumbler numbers on the combination lock all matched.as the hasp unlocked. The gleeful devil popped the lid off. What stumbled from my imaginary treasure box would forever be deviant, horny and wicked dot I had essentially surrendered to the ludicrous craving and branded myself fuck meat for young men. Tyron grinned at me and remarked, See guys, she's frantic to fuck. We should call her, Miss Brooks and then add, the whore, to her name. That's what you are now, isn't it? Unhesitant, I eagerly replied, Yes. Miss Brooks the whore, will you be naughty? Yes. I excitedly cried. Ron doubts that you're a willing participant. He's concerned we've taken advantage of your fucked-up condition. Suck his dick and prove him wrong. For whatever reason, Tyron seemed intent to further demean me in front of his friends. Whether he wanted to confirm that I was an eager strumpet or perhaps to validate that I wouldn't call the cops afterward didn't concern me. What he couldn't fathom was that I had already wholeheartedly accepted the role. They had but to exhibit their swaying dicks in front of me to motivate an aspiration to excel at my given function. I was determined to prove myself worthy of their affection. Ron approached with his meaty boner pointed towards my mouth. When it was within reach, I hastily grasped the shaft in my right hand and ran my grip along its chunky length. A.S.A. teacher, the unwritten rule of conduct precluded me from showing preferential treatment for one student over another. I admit to having failed this tenet. I did show favoritism for the jock in my class. He was the eye candy that jump-started my dismal day. Being female, 
we tend to covet objects of passion or champion those that stimulate us. I eyed the plump tip of his dick with a yearning to encircle it between my lips, so I did. Know this, I had only sucked one penis prior to now. That moment was with my husband, and it ended with me grimacing and rushing to the bathroom in disgust. To his disappointment, it was the last time I gave him a blowjob. Perhaps my lack of enthusiasm to do such a seedy task contributed to my divorce. For the second time in my life, I had a cock in my mouth. As you'd expect, I wasn't good at it, Tyron said. Come on, Miss B, you can do better than this. It's not a damn drinking straw. You're only slurping and hollowing your cheeks. Sure, it's called sucking dick, but you're not supposed to literally do that. Incapable of an inquiry and legitimately confused, I reluctantly purged Ron's dick from my mouth and sat back on my haunches. I then shrugged and nudged my head towards the phallus as an invitation. Tyron broadened his eyes and exclaimed, Hell no, my face isn't going near his dick. I stared at him with amusement. Tyron sighed and then said, Crimp the base between your fingers with one hand and funnel your tongue along the underside while slobbering and bobbing your head on the shaft. I gobbled Ron's dick once again and did as instructed. I gurgled and groaned as the knob repeatedly rammed the back of my throat. It was work that required exertion and not as pleasurable as expected. My jaw ached from the effort. Tyron observed my expression and added, When your mouth gets sore, pull it out and start licking along the shaft making yummy sounds. You're supposed to drool spit while playing with his hairy balls. Occasionally move down and slobber on the sack and then put a nut in your mouth. At least that's how the whores do it in porn movies. I broadened my eyes at his statement. The kid had basically instructed me how to give a blowjob based on porn videos he'd seen. Being a teacher, I was disappointed to find out that this was how young men got their sex education. It was a troubling but pivotal revelation that I planned to rectify when I returned to teaching class. Speaking as my future self, I must clarify. The reason I lost my job wasn't that I got caught having inappropriate relations. Shame on you if you assume that. But I must confess to the awkwardness of having to check IDs at the door when I entertained guests. Primarily, it's because I took it upon myself to secretly change my curriculum. Using myself for anatomical evaluation and including a dildo as a prop didn't go well when the parents found out about it. I suspect they weren't pleased with my teaching methods. But my class was quite popular until my career abruptly ended. Anyhow, moving on, gripping Ron's dick at the base, I slithered my tongue along its fleshy side while delving downward to flicker it wetly against his bullish scrotum. Slurping a nut in my mouth, I heard him moan while he crimped my hair in his hands to control my effort. Suck it, slut! Ron groaned out I returned to swallowing while guiding my funneled tongue along the bottom ridge as his member hardened more. He moaned while pulling my hair to master my orifice. Tyrant said, Make him come in your mouth. Of course, this wasn't something Ron intended to do. He retorted, Bro, what are you doing? I wanted to fuck her. Personally, I wasn't concerned about their squabble. I'd been commanded to make him come in my mouth, and that was the targeted mission I intended to achieve. I intensified my actions by frenziedly bobbing my head while jerking the shaft at the base to encourage the enviable. Using my other hand to cup his balls, I began massaging the flesh while pumping his beefy scrotum up and down. Ron tightened his grip on my hair and rode with my movements. He was locked in place by pleasure 
and any scruples to resist me dissipated as I worked on him. Dot a truly, I didn't expect my first experience of sucking dick like a whore to be so dramatic, nor could I have imagined the power behind a man's ejaculation. I now understood why Ron's engorged nut sack hung heavy like a bull.m why only precursor to the event was Ron suddenly making a loud grunt followed by a grand pelvic thrust that sent the head of his cock to the back of my gullet. Sequentially with that action was a ballooning thickness of the shaft congruent with a turbulent jet of cum gushing forth from its TIP.I in other words, the teenage jock emptied the contents of his balls into my mouth. Or so I thought doubt he had expunged the potent cream at such a velocity that I wasn't given time to savor the gooey mess as it slid directly down my esophagus to my stomach.As he began purging his prick from my mouth, his pulsing meat convulsed to spurt out more jizz. Yeah, even after. That harrowing ejaculation, he had enough reserve to gift me more. The whole event left me with a question. How does a woman react after her mouth is used as a cum receptacle? On my knees, I contemplated that question while smacking my lips and gurgling spunk to mix it with saliva. After thinning the goop, I swallowed it. Proceeding that, I sensed a string of sticky drool tugging down from my chin. Annoyed by the sway, I used a finger to draw it up into my mouth and then licked it off like it was grease from eating chicken. The only sound was of me slurping and licking, but otherwise, my spectators were silent. Clearing my throat, I innocently looked up at the three young men. They were staring down at me with wide eyes, crinkled faces, and open mouths that my first response was to say, Yes? In the tone of a question dot Tyrant's face eased followed by him broadly grinning, but he expressed nothing. Else, astonished by his observation, Jeremy quipped, Jesus Christ, she swallowed all of it, and then blushed. Ron exclaimed, The teacher is a cum slut for sure. I didn't know if I'd been given a new title or they were simply enamored over what I'd just done. Whatever it was I'd accomplished seemed to have excited them. I felt a sense of pride for something I wasn't quite sure of. I watched Tyrin grab his smartphone and hand it to Ron. Ron said, What the fuck, Tyrin? Bro, you've spent your jizz, so you're the obvious choice for the cameraman. No thanks to you. Man, this isn't cool. She'll never dash, yes. I briskly injected dot a you're asking what type of woman eagerly agrees to have themselves filmed performing explicit actions. Exposing myself in this way would most assuredly be the end of me if it got out. The thing is, just imagining myself being blackmailed into whoring myself for eternity, well, it oddly stimulated me. The answer to the question is a horny teacher giving in to her wicked obsession and no longer caring what came after. Tyrant smiled and said, Siron, she wants to be a porn star. This feels wrong. It's insane for her to agree to this. Ron replied. You weren't complaining when she had your dick in her mouth. Damn you, okay, I'll do it, but no more playing games with me. Ron declared while glowering at me like I was the female quarterback gripping the ball and playing for the opposite team. Tyron smirked and then gave a brief nod. When he turned back to me, his stare and peculiar expression conveyed he held a hidden agenda not yet enacted. Whatever diabolical plan he intended, I got the impression it was for his benefit and not his friends. It was obvious that his gentleman's agreement with Ron was a farce meant to placate the present until he finally popped his dubious surprise. Tyron then said, Okay, nerd virgin, time to lose your cherry. 
The Debaucherous Miss Brooks Now let's get real, there was indeed a task so loathsome that it stymied my desire to do it. You wouldn't think it possible given my promiscuous disposition, but the instant I observed Jeremy laying on the bed holding his wiener up, well, I'll just state my stomach churned, and my enthusiasm waned. Jerking the boy's prick in the car wasn't difficult while I was inebriated and influenced, but I was sober now and saw the young man clearer than earlier. The kid had always been a skinny knit, with a pimpled face and freckles, but had a missing tooth, and a mass of tangled red hair in it. Became a formula for a horror show with him holding the chainsaw. Tyrant commanded. Straddle his dick while facing him. Oh yeah, just envisioning myself squatting over his penis distressed me now. I mumbled something unintelligible simultaneous with a brief shake of my head while taking a step back. Ron lowered the camera and said, Man, she clearly doesn't want to do this anymore. No offense, Jeremy, but there's a reason you're still a virgin. It was then that Tyron grabbed Ron's arm and pulled him to the side. Of course, I knew they were huddling to discuss my reluctance to perform. Being curious, I made an imprudent mistake and listened in on their conversation. Wait for it, Tyron whispered. Now, bro, you're wrong. Here's the truth, cross my heart. He was hesitant to continue, but having already opened the door, Ron wasn't giving him an out. Man, stop this shit, tell me, Ron said. None of this was by chance, but hear me out first. What do you mean? Well, I sort of nudged Miss Brooks into indulging in her true nature. You're not making sense. Okay, straight up, I saw hot cougar prowling at the bar drinking. I thought to myself, a woman garbed like that and eagle-eyeing young men, well, the bitch was obviously hungry. Seriously, I had no idea the imitation slut was Miss Brooks, or I wouldn't have done it. Regardless, the woman was miserable, and every man passed her by because of it. Tyron, what the fuck did you do? I wanted to help the lady change her frown to a smile. So, I hooked up with Jenna and Crystal at the club and asked them to give the woman a pill and tell her it would make her happy. You did what? Ron snapped. Bro, I didn't drug her, well, not as you think. It was just a harmless stimulant to give some pep to her step. I thought I'd do a placebo thing on magic. She was so ditzy from the drinks that I figured she'd believe and perhaps smile a bit. Turns out, the woman was lonely and desperate for attention and that made her sad. But here's a fact. Miss Brooks harbors obsessions and was looking for an excuse to act upon them. She was clearly intoxicated. Oh yeah, the teacher was tipsy, but not blind drunk. I paid Clay to start thinning her drinks down. She was so focused on her cougar fantasies that she never noticed. Then the stimulate kicked in, freakishly, she went googly-eyed and moved to the dance floor. It doesn't have that effect. Nah, it doesn't which is the point I'm making. As I said, Miss Brooks wasn't under the influence of anything except for Zing. She's been sober since the pill woke her up. Ron replied, I don't get it. Bro, it's clear as daylight. Once she got the eye candy from the crowd, it made her cheery and that feed on itself. But yeah, I didn't expect the woman to begin dancing like a stripper. When I recognized the woman was Miss Brooks, I panicked and ran to get you guys. In the car, how did you you know? Her hands fidgeted in her lap like she was fighting to keep them to herself. The woman radiated horny, but she couldn't muster the courage to move on us. 
I figured, since she needed an excuse to eliminate a guilty conscience, I'd prod her a bit. She chose to say yes because she craves our dicks. Do you understand now? Pow, eh yeah, the revelation that I wasn't influenced and was easily encouraged to behave like a milf slut and was also suppressing a passion for young men all along was impactive. I was a closet cougar slut and never knew it. I quietly sobbed and began to tear up. I did warn you that the truth was damning. It was more devastating to me than believing I'd been drugged into submission. My reaction after whimpering well. I wiped the sorrow from my eyes and turned to look at Jeremy and then cringed. He was indeed distraught over my denial of him, but still laying on the bed fumbling with his limp penis to make it hard again. Although pathetic, I felt pity for the poor boy, still horny and unfulfilled. I contemplated conceding and moving forward to perform repugnant acts with the unattractive young man. While deliberating on the possibility, I made another foolish blunder. I should have never considered the prospect of whoring myself to the detestable teenage nerd. The thought was so vulgar and deplorable that it had the opposite effect. I was stirred by it. Since I required an excuse to act, I prompted myself with a question. Had I not already branded myself with a disgraceful title and committed myself to unbridled mischief? What would you expect a desperate woman with my unique perspective to conclude? Eh yeah, I made an impulsive decision and resigned myself to the fate I'd chosen. Oddly, once I'd damned myself to this life of abhorrent sin, what I considered objectionable moments earlier became my religion. I then scampered upon the bed next to Jeremy and impishly smiled at him. Playfully slapping his hand away from his prick, I clasped the wrinkled member between my palm and fingers. I jerked it back to hardness and eagerly slurped the pudgy stick into my mouth. After having previously swallowed a load of ejaculate and finding the act appealing and stimulating, I'd gained a measure of confidence for my skill at giving blowjobs. If it weren't for the onset of an aching jaw arising from my enthusiastic effort, I'd do this all day. I hungrily groaned as I savored the pulsing rod in my mouth while reaching back between my legs to rub my clit in a circular motion. I admit I found the intimacy of pleasuring a rigid penis between my cheeks would forever be the ultimate thrill that turned me on. The slobbery wet sounds produced by my zealous chore was loud enough to garner the attention from the other two. She's doing it on her own! Ron cried. Tyron replied. Told ya earlier. Miss Brooks wants to do this. She only needs a push to get her engine revving. She'll be a raving party whore if it gets her laid. I believe you now. Ron exclaimed and raised the camera to zoom in on my face while making sure to frame my curvy back and upraised ass in the background. You'll do anything for teenage cock, won't you, slut? Tyron asked that I tilted my head and pivoted my eyes up while slowly bobbing on the shank. I then smiled the best I could with a meaty wiener in my mouth and enthusiastically gurgled. Um hum. I felt an urgency to have his dick in my twat and was niggled with the possibility that kid might explode in my mouth thus denying me a raunchy fuck and a conclusion that I immediately purged his prick from my orifice and rose up on my knees to face the two young men that I stared at them with a stern gaze and adamantly demanded. Use my skanky teacher ass and make me a nasty cougar slut. Uh, yeah, about my sudden recovery of speech. Seems I'd never been constrained to saying just a single word. I had formulized a fictitious deception on myself to conceal my willingness. After all, saying, Yes, 
To everything was an appropriate response for a woman anxious for dick. I watched Tyron express that malicious grin once again. It conveyed that I was about to be dropped into depths of utter wickedness for which I'd never return. The repercussion of that thought provoked me to cream in anticipation. Tyron commanded, Straddle his pecker and place it between your pussy lips. Right at your slit, but don't go down on it. I observed Ron panning the smartphone to record my disgraceful plunge. And no longer impeded by the sight of Jeremy's unattractiveness, I scrabbled into position over the nineteen-year-old and whittled the rounded head of his cock between my forty-year-old crack. The very thought of knowing I had a teenager's penis pillared at the entrance to my vagina produced a quivering sensation. Hovering my slit over his pleasure pole in a holding pattern was becoming a torturous endeavor. As you'd expect. I pined to be penetrated and that yearning only intensified my desperation. I was so aroused that my twat began drooling lubricate onto his knob which then became tributaries of shame dribbling down the shank. The weight was so agonizing that I couldn't take it anymore and impulsively screamed. Let me fuck him! Tyron chuckled at my misery and then said, Go down real slow and feel his dick enter you until your gash swallows it whole. No shagging until I say so. Oh, I certainly felt every damage enter me. Jeremy's penis was thin, but it was extremely hard and my slow journey down its length produced excruciating pleasure the likes of which I'd never experienced. I felt like a ravenous horny rabbit going down on an elongated tasty carrot that had a bulbous throbbing ball on the end that I literally sensed my tunnel caressing his rod in a welcoming embrace. The tinder walls began juicing up like flooding well in anticipation of a hard pounding. As my twat bottomed out and my ass cheeks pressed his thighs, I braced my hands against his abdomen and began puffing breaths and sweating. And my torso shuddered and my skin flushed as I experienced a pleasing tingling sensation coursing along my spine. I hissed, Yes, and then folded my bottom lip under the top to mute a stupendous moan and turned my head towards Tyran with an expression signifying I'd reached the end of my rope, I beseeched him with a worrisome glare. Tyrant smiled at my discomfort appearance and said, Bend at the waist and plop those knockers in Jeremy's hands. Slow grind your pussy and ride his dick. Without hesitation, I tilted forward and dropped my weighty breasts into Jeremy's waiting hands, but I didn't fold completely over for fear it would hinder my movements. I'll emphatically state I denied Tyron's command and did what I wanted. There was no slow grind that came after that I jumped directly to galloping like a frenzied whore. From this moment onward, when I was on top and had a stiff prick buried in my crack, humping it like a cowgirl mounted on a wild bull became a trademark performance that I'd always be known for. I couldn't be stopped. Thankfully, Tyron wasn't cruel enough to constrain my actions and instead encouraged me to ride the wiener faster. I bantered. Oh, baby, keep squeezing my tits. Ron moved close to capture a clear picture of my blissful face dripping sweat and then moved his shot downward to video the foamy white cream glistening on Jeremy's shaft and around my puffy gash. Knowing I was being filmed in such a disgraceful state only encouraged more vulgarity in my movements. I reached back to spread my ass cheeks and thighs to give Ron a broader picture of my impaled snatch. Ron excitedly said, Man, she's gone straight to trashy. I say, just let Miss Brooks be herself and do whatever. We don't have to educate her to be a slut. She already owns the degree. Tyron chuckled and replied, Bro, she's got the masters and is working on her doctorate. You know, 
I'm thinking we could have simply asked if she wanted to fuck instead of going through this mess. I suspect she'd have dropped to the floor and spread her legs without much encouragement. His statement is more fact than fiction. What really happened, more than once, was that my guests, sometimes more than one, eh, and I must state, all these young men were of legal age of consent, knocked on my door, straight up, they asked me if I needed filling for my pie. This is a typical juvenile prank ushered on by others. It's really a cryptic code for fucking, and yes, I spread lurid rumors about myself. I always did the unexpected and dropped my robe at the door. I'm pranked so often, I'm always prepared. In my reality, I always lie comfortably on a mattress before I open my thighs, never the floor, Ron said. Jeremy's almost there, I can tell. He's making those ugly come face looks. Tyron barked. Damn it. Coupling a virgin with a horny teacher and putting her on top was a mistake. I wanted this cougar fuck to take longer. Eh yeah, I perceived the same conclusion. It was quite evident that Jeremy was on course to reach the tear leading to ejaculation. I too was distressed because I hadn't yet achieved nirvana. I would have ridden one dick after another to extend the pleasure and to maximize the impact that I jolted from surprise when the kid released my bosoms and interlaced his fingers behind my neck and tugged my mouth down upon his. But know this, I was beyond the awkwardness and terror invoked from such action. From future experience, I learned that lust brought to boiling from a thrusting cock easily removes cringeworthy moments and burns the fire hotter. In my present state, I'd kiss a dog and fondle his penis if it would bring me to orgasm. Our tongues flickered and embraced. The young man began to rage and pound up into me. Our pelvic mounds rebounded against each other like we were competing to outdo the other. It was then that I saw a flicker of anger in his eyes. His demeanor suddenly altered because he'd finally acknowledged who he was fucking. I was the teacher that had given him a failing grade that disbarred his ascension to college. Retained in high school for another year, he was ridiculed and humiliated. His simmering hatred for what I'd done to him finally had an outlet with no consequence. He would have his revenge. I yelped as he roughly snatched my hair and forced me to roll onto my back. His determined expression provoked me to broaden my eyes and hastily say, Jeremy, what are you doing? He then snatched my hands and pressed them against the bed by my shoulders and proceeded to pound into me hard and fast. The bed lurched back and forth as I endured the heavy fucking. The two voyeurs entertained by our coupling gasped in response. Ron zoomed out on the camera to capture the juddering bed and encapsulate Jeremy's ass rising and falling as he pounded me. Thunderous slapping sounds boomed out from where we fornicated. Ron then quipped, Tyron, you should have never reminded him. Tyron shrugged. Jeremy rasped. I overheard you talking in the library that you had one heartfelt desire above all others. You wanted to be a mother, but your husband denied you that wish. Also true and the core motivation for my promiscuous cougar behavior. Short of our lack of passion for each other, I repeatedly begged my husband to gift me a child to love and nurture. At that time, I was thirty-seven, losing patience and my urgency to conceive was fraying our marriage. Even then, I hadn't yet given in to heartache and despair until he left me for the bimbo. Anyhow, I had no idea why Jeremy brought it up or why it even mattered. He was blustered enough to ram into me like a jackhammer, so tempering it with a response would be detrimental to my pleasure. If he continued pleasing me, 
he could say any nonsense he wanted. I just never expected his ridiculous statement was a lead-up to what came next. Jeremy then exclaimed, I'm owed a year's worth of retribution. Of course, that caught my attention. Although I presently benefited from the physical manifestation of his anger, hearing him verbalize his wrath changed the whole dynamic. Caught off guard, I broadened my eyes at his declaration and mutter out. Huh! He then proclaimed. For that long, your payment is a willing pussy. You'll be a shareable girlfriend passed around to one friend and the next. We're breeding you to fulfill your wishes in excess. Our gift to you for being our bitch. Eh yeah, evidently the kid confuses grudges with giving presents. Originally, he blackmailed me for refusing his advances. Let's just say, agreeing to be a sex toy wasn't what I expected. I was forced to dress like a doll replicating a character from his favorite anime show. Well, I'll just say it was a strange experience. I know what you're thinking. You perceive this story as having taken a dark twist. Well, it's certainly an unexpected shift, but I plead for patience before jumping to conclusions. Indeed, for a mature woman to be told by a teenager that his intent is to literally knock her up with a constant flow of children is awkward, horrify, criminal, and immoral. Any female hearing a young man detail such a dreadful fate would have them screaming out rape. If he had said it yesterday— I would have slapped him hard and then called the police that I wasn't that woman anymore. For me, the depiction of my future was stimulating. Ultra horny, well, that lid just popped off. I screeched, Punish me! and frantically folded my legs around his skinny rump to lock him in place. Do it! Do it! I shrieked with my wide eyes sternly locked on his face. I squeezed my twat forcefully around the girth of his shaft and gyrated my pelvis. The whole idea of being a middle-aged girlfriend to a slew of young men was insane and morbid. Yet, when I imagined myself being forcefully impregnated by a 19-year-old it quirkily aroused me, given this additional motivation and surging with adrenaline. I encourage him to fulfill his promise that I increased my movements by undulating my hips in a vulgar manner while concentrating my effort on milking his prick. And why sleazy actions and my irrational acceptance to be bred was so wickedly skanky that it effectively provoked him to immediately ejaculate. It was evident the instant he tensed up and grunted. He delivered fierce, deliberate jabs congruent with a warm flush that saturated my insides. I had reached heaven rolling my eyes with my mouth wide open and groaning out. Akakak. In succession to match each pumping action, adding to this invigorating celebration was the knowledge that a former student, a teenager old enough to be my son had just emulsified my snatch full of semen. Well, it triggered the unexpected. For the first time in forty years, I experienced the first intense orgasm that made me twist my legs and kick out my feet. My vagina was now property only designated to be used for teenage cum dumps going forward. How could I have known that this wretched act of raunchy taboo would elicit such a response in me? If I had had any inkling that it would stimulate me in this way, I would have never anchored myself to marriage and a dead-end job as a teacher. I'd have committed my entire life to prostitute myself to young men as a career. Ron lowered the camera and said, Shit! Tyron dropped his jaw and then muttered, Damn girl. Jeremy pulled his dick out and bent forward on top of me to knead my breasts while shuffling back and forth to suck each nipple. The added stimulus of his tongue slavering on my nubs was a spiritual experience that had me crying out. 
O God! Repeatedly dot I spread my legs wide and dropped my hand to finger myself. After a few minutes, Jeremy rose up and scrambled off the bed dot he stood and wiped his messy penis on the bedsheet while watching me debase myself dot I wickedly smiled at the three young men and then dove a finger into my freshly creamed hole. After coating it with sticky semen, I drew it up into my mouth to lick it off and uttered, Yum! My tasty verbalization was a confirmation to the teenagers that I was fully on board to be a shareable whore eager for procreation dot on all fours. I gingerly crawled off the bed to nudge my face against Tyren's dangling big black cock while yanking Ron and Jeremy on the side. I practically purred like a cat if it were possible. There are indeed penises so robust and magnificently formed that some women become naturally stimulated at the mere sight of them. They feel a primal urge to touch, taste, and mate with it. I wasn't one of those women. Show me a simple dick and I got horny regardless of shape, size, or color. I'll admit, at this moment, his beefy manhood produced an instinctual response that made my pussy palpitate and cream naturally. I slurped precum off the tip and then drew my tongue downward to lather its meaty length. After licking his weighty balls, I slithered my mouth back up to the head and swallowed it. Know this, big dicks and blowjobs don't mix. I got four inches of it in my mouth and quit. I then made a mental note that from now on, a tongue washing is all he's getting. Removing my hands from Ron and Jeremy, I yawned and massaged my jaw to lessen the ache while staring at Tyron's monstrous prick. I then looked up at him with pouting eyes to convey my apologies. After rolling my tongue around the plump head once more, I raised myself to my knees. I then hastily demanded, Breed me. Miss Brooks takes dark meat. Sometimes a woman compares her previous experience expecting her next encounter to be similar. In my case, not all men are created equal. Add a long, meaty black teenage dick to the equation and everything changes dot on all fours, I crawled on the bed from the side with my rear at the edge. Widening my legs to allow full access, I planted my face to the mattress and arched my back to pivot my pelvis. After raising my ass to align my pussy with the head of Tyrant's prick, I reached between my legs with both hands to gape my hole for penetration. Tyrant said, Teach, if you want me, crack that snatch wider. Arg. I grumbled while clasping my flexible inner lips and breaching my twat wider in a vulgar manner befitting a whore. Ron stood in front of me focusing the lens of the smartphone on my face. He then lowered it and said, I'm not videoing her doing this. With her ass thrust up like that, it's too nasty. Tyron laughed and replied, And you're choosing to film her from the front. You should see the scenery from the back. Nah, I'm a black man with a big cock and this white bitch is begging for it. I've cuckled your ass. You wish, Ron snapped. Jeremy snatched the phone from Ron's hand and said, I'll do it. I need your cough material of Miss Brooks taking dark meat and behaving badly. BBC shit makes my dick hard. I watched Ron sit in a chair across from me and turn his head. He appeared troubled perhaps bored or maybe disgruntled that he'd been played by Tyren and not given the opportunity to plow my hole first out I intended to tell the jock I'd make it up to him with a private party consisting of just us when Jeremy moved in front of block while zeroing the camera on my face for some reason. Suddenly, I gasped, and my eyes broadened. Oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. I shrieked out with heavy breaths as Tyren's thick cock barreled down my narrow passage. 
I yelped from discomfort as the bulbous head smacked my cervix. Shit, Tyren, you're too big. I cried while crimping the bedsheet in my fists that he froze his dick in place and my body began to quiver. Tyren gripped my waist with both hands and calmly replied, Nonsense, pussy stretch. Happens to all my girlfriends the first time. I promise, it only requires a minute of introduction before your wet snatch adjusts to it. The sensation of having my tender vagina impaled on a stump with a circumference equal to the girth of my thick ankle. Well, it was something entirely new to me. I had expectations beforehand but experiencing it for real was wondrous on a whole new level. Oh, I get it. You thought it was painful. Yes, uncomfortable and surprising at first, but my pussy was primed with lube produced by my own mucus and emulsified with slick ejaculate from my previous fuck. An ultra-horny mature woman with an adaptable cunt design for mating is quite capable of accommodating any lover regardless of size. Since I was ovulating, my cervix was soft and sensitive to stimulus, not hard and unyielding like when I'm menstruating. His excessive length was pushing the plump head of his penis against it and producing just the right pressure to induce hysteria. Check this shit out. Tyron quickly blathered out with astonishment and excitement. Jeremy rushed around the end of the bed with the smartphone to capture my taut white pussy moving on Tyron's hard black shank as he stood immobile. I like that dick. I dramatically bantered out as my delirium intensified and my movements increased. Tyron lightly slapped my ass and then said, Say you like big black cock. From an innate fear born from white privilege and upbringing, to state that out loud for my own ears to hear was too much to bear. I groaned and pleaded, Please don't make me say that. It was then that Ron had an epiphany and suddenly stood up. He angrily retorted, That's what this is about. Why you made me come in her mouth? Why you let Pencil Dick fuck her first? This was a scheme to turn a white teacher into a BBC whore. You planned it from the beginning. Tyron snickered and then suddenly began thrusting into me. I stopped my rocking movements and slid my hands under my abdomen. Drawing the tips of my fingers to my clit, I frenziedly pleasured myself. Tyron exclaimed, Girlfriend, you know you like it. Get that pussy worked up for big black cock. It makes you horny. Ron heard me squealing from pleasure and gave me a defeated look. He sighed and sat back in the chair and then barked. You bastard. Why are you doing this to her? What about us average-sized white guys? You know, you're friends. Bro, we still friends. Not my first white girl conversion. Teach, we'll still fuck you guys, she'll just have preferences. Yeah, like dropping to her knees to suck your dick first. Nah, I prefer white dudes loosening a bitch's mouth, snatch, and asshole first. I told you I like it messy and stretchy. Anyway, white girls don't become BBC junkies until they verbally hear themselves say it. It's the psychological pin that locks the desire in place. She isn't there yet. Ron resigned himself to having lost the competition and stared at me as I was sexually pummeled from behind by a black man. He then gave me a comforting smile and proceeded to yank his own prick down I heard him quietly mumble to himself. I'm sick to get turned on watching Miss Brooks be twisted into a BBC slut. Tyron then slapped my ass once again and said, That's it baby, gyrate that pussy on daddy's big black cock. Say you love it. Shout it loud so these white boys can hear it. Even then, I couldn't muster the courage. 
The denial was too deep-seated. Instead, I wailed and began rubbing my clit in a frenzied circular motion. The monstrous head of his prick repeatedly banged against my cervix hitting the right spot each time and surging me closer to ecstasy than ever been before. Then something horrific and traumatic occurred. Tyron pulled his dick out. The expulsion of that tubular stake stuffing my aching twat was like pulling my heart from my chest. It left me empty, yearning, and desperate. No doubt, Tyron knew how it would affect me. He was the wrecking ball experienced at crumbling walls. Since the beginning, he manipulated me and systematically altered my behavior to conform to what he desired. To transform me into a nasty slut puppet tied to strings anchored to his cock was always his endgame. Put it back in. I despairingly cried that he slapped my butt cheek again and said, Apparently BBC isn't your kink. Ron hasn't done you yet. Let him finish you off. With your cavernous pussy gaping like that, I'm confident you won't feel him. It'll be like plunging a finger down a sewer line. You'll be left miserable and unsatisfied. I was literally losing my mind. Having been stretched wide by his mammoth-sized schlong, my vagina had conformed to accommodate that size. Because of my state of arousal, the tissue was still flushed and swollen, practically fixed in place for continued fucking. It would refuse to snap back so quickly to provide friction for a normal-sized pecker. The bastard knew this would happen and had planned for it. Tyron then ran the tip of his dong along my widely gaped slit and poked it in about an inch to torment me. My eyes rolled and my torso shuddered from pleasure. He then retreated leaving me vacant and devastated. I salivated and groaned as my yearning intensified. I needed relief and that prompted me to glance at Ron's average size boner. Another dreadful mistake that had me shaking like an addict going through withdrawal. By foolishly comparing him up against what I'd just experienced, I'd swung the sledgehammer against my cracked wall and busted through. Denied satisfaction for my appetite, I wailed while wildly fingering myself which effectively made it clear just how spacious my cunt had become. Indeed, Ron's pale pinkish prick would be incapable of providing enough pleasure for a woman's twat now constructed for catering to bull meat only. For the second time tonight, I became broken. My earlier conversion into a slut dedicated to servicing teenage cock was but an outer shell of my former self. It became debris that crumbled into powdery dust leaving in its wake a newly chiseled statue of a woman much different from before. I proudly screamed. I love big black cock. Thus dropping the pin in place and damning myself to a life of darkness. Prepared for entry. Tyrants plunged his glorious manhood back in and resumed fucking me. Wide-eyed and astonished, Ron quipped. That's absurd. You've turned Miss Brooks into a BBC whore by just denying her your prick? Serious, that shit works? Tyron chuckled and then replied, It's only effective when I have white friends in the same room. It's the only reason I hang out with you guys. I simply can't go on. I'm done dot if I continue reminiscing about this experience for the next hour or more. I'll lose my mind to the fantasy and begin fingering myself while babbling hysterically on the floor. I ask that you use your imagination as to what happened next. Anyway, a young black man impregnating a white teacher is so commonplace it's now cliché. It's certain to bore you, plus your time is up. However, I've found that fulfilling your appetite for vulgar smut to be enjoyable and I'm reluctant to stop. It serves me to tell my whorish journey and I have much to tell. After my preamble to raunchy sex, Tyron wasn't done using me. 
the following week became an excursion of perversion. But I'll decline to entertain the possibility unless you acknowledge the merits of my story. I'd be foolish to continue these degenerative tales if my words made you weary and gave you an urge to pull your hair out. As agreed, leave the money on the dresser. Until next time, sweetie. The End